Welcome to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes sarcastic look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question... Does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? My name's Megan. And I'm Steve. And I guess today we're sarcastic instead of cynical. Yeah, I'm feeling it today. <laughs> That's how you know that we do this... Different every time. It's season two, and I'm feeling different. Okay. Yeah, we are in the second episode of season two. If you haven't listened to season one, go back and do it, because it was an amazing season. Um, but 50 episodes of season one. Yes. And we have, if you haven't heard us before, we always do a movie, a cartoon, and then a live action TV. So we did our movie, which was Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And today is our cartoon, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. And next time our TV show is Columbo. Columbo. <laughs> it goes with a detective theme. Yeah, it does. That's true. We're gonna have to find a Chippendales. We're gonna have to find a detective movie as well. So um, before we get into Chippendale Rescue Rangers, we have Steve's favorite part of the show: our non-sponsored snack review. Yes. And today, we have Chicka Stick. Steve, have you ever had Chicka Stick before? I have never had Chicka Stick. But it says, I think I might like it, it says peanut butter. It says it's peanut butter and then yeah, rolled coconut. Yeah, co- rolled in coconut. And I have only had, so I got, I got for us today the long, like the big stick. Okay. But, <laughs> that's what she said. The big stick? <laughs> but... I've only had this in the small version because they would sell, like, it's kind of like a Tootsie Roll that we did a couple episodes back. Okay. Um, that for Halloween, we would always get these, like, little versions of Chicka Stick. Oh, I never got those. I, well, we had some older so, people living on our block. Like, the one you got is, like, the size of a candy bar. Right, yeah. So you're telling me that they come in smaller sizes uh-huh. as well. Yeah, okay, for Halloween, like a little bite size. So the Chicka Stick was produced, while you, while you eat, I'll talk. It was produced by the Atkinson Candy Company, um, and it's been manufactured since the 1950s. So the Atkinson Candy Company was formed in 1932, and again, this is one of those things where we have a small candy company, and then they kind of get known for like one thing, right? Yep. Um, and they're they're still going. They they operate out of uh, Texas. They're Houston-based mom and pop kind of company so i think that's kind of cool this is actually so i said 1932 but the original company was actually 1899 okay and then i guess in its current form 1932 they did have to shut down for a bit in 2011 but then they reopened and they 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 make i guess four million pounds of these every year this is like their main product wow so four million pounds of candy but then I've never heard of it. So, yeah. So, the outside is dusted with ground coconut. And then we have a stick that is also honeycombed with peanut butter. So, that's the reason we picked this for today. Because Chip and Dale, they're chipmunks. They eat nuts. That's true. So, I, I wanted, like, a, a themed snack. Um, and it's kind of like... Will you tell me what you think of it? Um, hmm... How would you describe it? It's like biting into a piece of sandstone. 
you didn't like it. I think it tastes kind of like I, the inside of a Butterfinger. It does taste a little bit like the inside of a Butterfinger, but ah. Uh, it's a little bit this like is peanut butter. Like, I'm a peanut butter fan. Yeah. And it says peanut butter on the thing, but it's really more tastes more like peanut. Yeah. But almost like, and I like peanuts too, but almost like, it's like a fake peanut. Okay. Taste for some reason. Hmm. And then I'm not a huge coconut fan. Like, I don't hate coconut, but I'm not, it's not my favorite either. Okay. And this dusting of coconut dries this thing out. And yeah. it really tastes like you're eating the Sahara Desert. Yeah. And I don't care for that. I like it a lot. So because of that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because of that, I'm going to give it like a two. I also wonder, also, um,. It does taste a little different than I remember as a kid, and I think that's because a couple of years ago, they basically started using vegetable juice and turmeric root for, instead of, like, artificial colors and preservatives. Okay. So, I wonder if I liked it maybe more as a kid because of that. But there was this older lady across her street, and this was, like, her go-to candy at Halloween. Like, she must have loved this. And was probably hoping that she wouldn't run out and then she'd yeah. eat the rest. That's my guess. Like, if you, I don't know, if, if it was chewy, it's, maybe I yeah. would like it. Or if it was like, or if you took what you have and maybe dipped it in chocolate, mm. then maybe it would be better. But as it is, it's just, mm, it's not my cup of tea. Well, there was a lot of debate also apparently about the name. There's no chick in it at all. No. Um, and the original, it's because the original mascot was a chicken with a cowboy hat on. Okay. And a badge. Nothing to do with peanut butter or coconut. The badge was in the shape, he had a sheriff's badge in the shape of the logo for the candy company. And so some people apparently were confused about whether it was a chicken flavored cracker. That's what I expected. (laughs) You know, like those chicken crackers you can get in the st- grocery store yeah. that come in the blue box? Yeah. And I like those. I would have given this a higher score if well, that's what it was. The the company said that one of their sales representatives felt like the chicka stick looked like a piece of fried chicken. And so that's how it got his name. That's a stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch. And then something else from the company says, we just came up with the name one day and it stuck. I feel like that's probably closer to the truth. <laughs> they were like, what should we call this? Who knows? Chicka stick. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason. Um, but at any rate, it is. It's kosher. It's gluten-free. It's vegan-friendly. I don't know what that means. If it has honey in it, it shouldn't be. But they say it's vegan-friendly. Um, and they have a bite-sized version of it for Halloween. And this, to me, tastes like, I don't know, like 1984 Halloween. Okay. That's what it tastes like to me. So you're giving it a two? I am giving it a two. I'm going to give it a three. It, it it got in my teeth. Yeah. Like it got all up in, I, I don't, and that, I don't want to worry about my dental work for this okay. show. So. Yeah. Two, two and, and a half. half. <laughs> no. We never chose <laughs> we what never we're going to do. We have to do some editing on this. Yeah, I'm going to have to edit. All right. So, um, if you haven't been with us before, we do one out of five for the snack, one out of ten for the show or movie. And we always just pick something random that has to do with what we're looking at. 
but we learned not to do. We can't do chipmunks because if we cut a live we'll thing in half, acorns, we feel bad. All right, because acorns. it's Chippendale. All right. So out of acorns. Mm-hmm. Two, Two and, and a half, half acorns. acorns. That's not too bad, it, I guess. It's fifty percent. Right. You know, it's fifty fifty. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's halfway there. So let's get into some history and fun facts about Chippendale. Before you do your summary, I just want to say that my favorite thing about the research that I did for today was that I found an article from Looper called "The Untold Truth of Chippendale." <laughs> and I find that so hysterically funny, like as if it's like a, a scandal, like the untold truth right behind the music. So can you give us a summary of the the show? What's the show? Yeah, about? What's yeah the, the show premise? is basically the premise is Chip and Dale, the two, I guess, brothers kind of mm-hmm. chipmunks that are classic Disney characters decide to open their own detective agency. And so they team up with some of their friends. Monterey Jack, who's an Australian mouse. Who is the best He's an ever. Australian red mouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. His kind of little sidekick, Zipper, who's a housefly. Mm-hmm. And then Gadget, who's a blonde mouse. Yes. Um, and they work together to solve cases. Each episode's like a different case or a different mystery that they're trying to solve or a different like character that they're trying to help. So it was kind of a new cooler update version of a of classic Disney characters. Yeah. Kind of like DuckTales. Yeah, and they both kind of have a crush on Gadget. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's basically, that's a great summary. It, it is, it does remind me a lot of DuckTales. Um, so I would like you to take a guess as to when Chip and Dale were created as characters. 1943. Is that when it was? Yes. Oh my gosh, that was a complete, complete random guess. You didn't do research guess. about, because sometimes Not you do research too. Not at all. Oh my gosh, Steve, that's crazy. Wow. People are ne- not going to think Next that time, that's I'm going to have to say sometimes nostalgic, sometimes psychic look back <laughs> at pop culture. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, this concept came up uh, in 1943. There was a short called Pl- Private Pluto. And basically, they had been looking for somebody that Pluto could ha- be kind of have an antagonist relationship with okay because mickey and donald kind of don't always get along right and um so they have this short and they decide it's like um they fight with pluto about whether they can store their nuts in a military base cannon Right, so that's okay. that's the premise of and the he's original. And supposed to be like military, and they're trying to store their nuts. Yeah, there. and they're trying to store their nuts and acorns and whatever. And so, um, what's interesting is that even from the beginning, Chip was supposed to be portrayed as like safe, focused, logical, kind of scheming, and Dale is like do do do. He's like laid back and kind of impulsive, and and has a good sense of humor. So they have. Chip with a small black nose, Dale with a larger red nose so that they look different. Um, And having said that, um, I did not realize this, that in the first 
cartoons for years. Um, number one, they were voiced by women. But mm-hmm. number two, they didn't talk. No, they didn't. So they went, beep, 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 yeah. beep, 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 like that. Which is interesting. It's funny because they, like you said, they they were, and they were naked, I mean, because they're chipmunks. Yeah. So you just had the nose to tell the difference. Now, in this upgraded version, they do wear kind of clothes. Chip has right. like a detective, like almost like an Indiana Jones Indiana fedora. Jones, yeah. Yeah. And they put they put Dale in a Hawaiian shirt. Yep. Kind of as his more laid back, you know, feel to him. Um, but the interesting thing is, is Chip is still voiced by a woman. Yeah, that is interesting. Dale isn't. But and one of the things that I did see when I was looking at this show and doing a little bit of research that I thought was interesting was that Chip and Gadget are voiced by the same person. Yeah, which is fascinating to me. That's a lot of work for her. Yeah, that is a lot of work. So, um, so Private Pluto, April 2nd, 1943. Then, nothing for three years. And okay. then they come back and Squatters writes another short in 1946. And then after that, they were in kind of like one, basically like one a year, right? Okay. So, so they're trying to come up with programming, and this producer and animator, Tad Stones comes up with this idea for a new character, Kit Colby. And he draws it out, and it's a mouse with, like, an Indiana Jones kind of style jacket, right? Okay. But the producers didn't think that it was, like, a leading man character. And also, we already have Mickey, who's a mouse. Mm. So do you want a mouse leading a show? And it didn't seem like it was kind of going to work. So they were throwing out ideas, and they were like, well, we don't want to do, like... Mickey or Goofy, because I think, I don't know if Goofy had that show yet with the son Max and all of that, right? Mm. But at any rate. Goof Troop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they were like, well, let's think about secondary characters. So we don't want to do Donald, but like, what about like Pluto or what about, and then somebody said, well, what about Chip and Dale? And they were like, yeah, because these are these really fun little characters. Mm -hmm. And they're the same size as like a mouse would be. So the rest of it, we could all, you know, kind of keep the rest of the idea of the show. So initially, though, they had um, a number of other characters that ended up getting cut. So Gadget was always part of it. Um. They had a different version. They kind of had like a different version of Monterey Jack. But they also had a chameleon who wore plaid. And she was like a secretary for the group. Okay. And then they had um, an Asian cricket. But this is my favorite, my favorite detail. And Mm -hmm. I wish in some sense that they had kept this character. Because there was an Asian cricket who flew around... On a nearsighted bald eagle, <laughs> and the 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 idea of that just is hilarious to me. I just think that that would be so funny. Then they were like, "Well, maybe everybody could fly around on the bald eagle," but instead they came up with Gadget's Ranger plane because that went with her character more, and they right. felt like she was a stronger character. So, um, yeah, so Zipper Gadget and a different version of Monterey Jack. We're kind of always, uh, always there. Then we have some villains that I don't think that we saw these main villains in the episodes that we watched. But there's like a fat cat who kind of looks like a mafia. Yeah, he's kind of like a gangster. Yeah, it it reminds me when I looked at like some clips and stuff. It reminded me of um, uh, Five American Tale. Oh yeah, 
which is Don Bluth who left Disney to form his own like his own thing. thing. Yeah. So it's not kind of surprising to me that there's a little bit of crossover there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's they, a mad scientist too, right? Yeah, Professor Norton Nimnal. I'm so sorry if you can hear her dog snoring. <laughs> She's very calm right now. Um, yeah, so the clothes that you were talking about, they really wanted them to look like adventurers and problem solvers. So Chip is inspired by Indiana Jones. Yep. But Dale, and I didn't think of this until I read it, was inspired by Magnum P.I., Oh, yeah, with the Hawaiian shirt. Because it's that makes a Hawaiian sense. shirt. Yeah. yeah. So both detectives. I didn't think about both that. Both detectives. But, but I like that. One is supposed to be like Magnum P.I. was always joking around and stuff, right? Um, then we have Gadget. She's a genius inventor, but also sometimes ditzy. We don't know. Yeah, she's like the mechanic. Yeah. But there's apparently in Russia, like, a little. Um, fan group and it's kind of like a joke that they're a cult but they're like she's the ideal female (laughs) who is strict cute optimistic and her level of technical knowledge is unachievable for a mortal being that's funny and i just think that that's so funny it's like this like fandom for like a character that until we rewatch this i did not remember and then my last bit here steve is that there's a forbidden episode. Oh, did we watch it? No, we didn't. Um, they, the, the, um, obviously since it's Disney, they're not going to do things that are like controversial, right? Right. But in the 44th episode, they have an episode called Aline on the Property. 44th episode in its second season. And the subplot is the villainous fat cat mafiosa making an effort to rid the city of its dog population. So they use an army of underground moles to tunnel under the foundations of the city. And there's tipping over of buildings and things like that. So essentially what happened, and I don't think that it is, um, I don't think that it is anymore. I think now it's available, but for a while they made it unavailable after 9-11. Because they felt like okay. the way that the buildings came down looked a bit too much like... Oh, okay. That's understandable. Yeah. And they did... Oh, I forgot. Actually, this is my last fact, so we're not ending on a sad note. Um, we talked about DuckTales, and they did have some crossovers. They, they first shared a time block with DuckTales and Tailspin, two shows that we are going to watch some point, because yep. DuckTales was one of the winners, I think, for our... Um, our Remy Awards that we did at the end no, of last season. Darkwing Duck. Oh, Darkwing which Duck. Which was also on at the same oh, time slot. Oh, man. It was a Disney afternoon. Right. So it was Darkwing Duck, Duck Tales, Tailspin, and then also the show. And I think that I got this mixed up in my head with Tailspin, but Tailspin was, it's characters from the Jungle Book, right? If I'm remembering. Yeah, that? I believe so. I didn't really watch Tailspin too much. We'll have to revisit that at some point. So, um, 
yeah, its fan base kind of grew, and even though it was, you know, canceled after three seasons, 65 episodes, because Disney just was trying to crank out some content. Um, but it was a favorite for a long time. So we're going to take our break here. When we come back, we will talk about our memories or lack thereof. And then hopefully we won't have a storing dog in the microphone. <laughs> and, uh, and then we'll get into our full review and recap. Don't change that podcast channel. Steve, I found a bunch of shows on streaming networks that we don't have. That's nice, Megan, but you know, we work on a budget, and I'm still waiting for snack companies to sponsor us. So unless you can find a new way to bring in sponsorship, our choices in viewing are limited. YouTube is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I set up our page on Patreon. People can help support our show and get exclusive access to content. What about all those bonus episodes we got hanging around? So our old bonus episodes are going to go up, and then we're going to have new bonus episodes about once a month once we start season two. We're also going to put ad-free versions of all our regular episodes as well. And pictures of me spread out on a bearskin rug. No. But we are going to be more interactive. We're going to have a poll every month and people can vote for what episode we should do for that season. So basically, we're going to have we're going to continue with our format of cartoon live TV show and movie, but the fourth week in every month will get to be listener's choice from Patreon. Exactly. So you the listener are going to help decide what we watch. And all of this content is available at each level. So if you want to support us for just a few dollars, we have those. Our first tier, it's really affordable. And if you'd like to help us pay for what we watch. And the snacks we eat. You can donate a few dollars more if you're a big spender. Yeah, exactly. And listen, if you're not comfortable doing Patreon at all, we're still going to do the regular podcast. And you can interact with us on Facebook. I'm only talking to Patreon people. Oh, that's not nice. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Links to subscribe are going to be in the show notes each week and also on our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com, or you could just go to Patreon.com forward slash StopRuiningMyChildhood. All one word. Megan, I don't know what a Patreon is. Oh, no. We're going to have to have a whole other conversation. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're back. My name's Megan. And I'm Steve. And our dog is no longer snoring. So hopefully... She's been kicked out of the recording studio. Hopefully that won't be in the background. And hopefully she won't howl. Because sometimes she does when she gets kicked out. At any rate, we are talking today about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So, do you have any memories of this show? I do, yeah. My brothers and I watched this after school. Because it came... You know, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers started on the Disney Channel in March of 1989. Mm. But then in September of 89, it went straight into syndication. Right. And that's when it was part of the after-school block on TV. Right. I think on ABC, right? It might have been, yeah. It was one of the networks. Yeah. And so my brothers and I would get home from school and we'd watch, like we said before, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, right? And so this was part of what we watched. So we watched it pretty much every day. So I remember, I mean, a lot of these kind of, 
you know, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. It's got that one of those theme songs that kind of gets stuck in your head as well. Well, that's what, yeah, that's one of the things I was going to say too about it. And then the other thing is too, is that not only was this entertainment for us after school, mm-hmm. but this inspired us. Of course it did. To form a, ch- a Rick's Rescue Rangers club of our own. <laughs> Stop it. Yes, because we had a tree house. It wasn't in a tree. It was on stilts that my father built for us in the backyard. Okay. It was like 10 feet up in the air, is right? This, wait, is this before or after you did Monster Squad? This is after Monster Squad, oh, okay. Megan. Okay. Jeez, get your get your facts right, okay? Okay. And this is completely separate. That I was hunting monsters. Here we're starting a club that's a detective agency. Okay. Okay. Um, inspired by Chippendales Rescue Rangers, so we were the Rescue Rangers. I got and that. And somewhere we got. Do you remember? Because you went to camp as a kid as well. Do you remember the swimming tags? Yeah. The little white with little half pies, basically. And basically, if you were like. A good swimmer, you had red. If you were like an expert, you had oh, no, blue and red. No, I didn't have that. Well, we had those at Boy Scout camp. But somehow we got a hold of a bunch of blank ones. Mm-hmm. So those were our badges. And so like I was a president, so I had all the colors. And then depending on what your rank was in the club, yeah, it was pretty serious. And it was me, both my brothers, the two girls that lived next door were in it as well. And possibly my cousin. So we had a legit setup. I can't take it. And we had a we had a headquarters because we had the club. Because you had the clubhouse. Yeah, and our clubhouse was legit. Okay, it had steps up one side. It had a hot metal slide coming out the other side. It had swing sets off the side, and and it was shingled. And inside, it had carpeting. Wow! Like it was legit. What what tree was that in? It wasn't in a tree. My father built it on stilts. Oh, it was freestanding. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Because as you know, I mean, no, the listeners don't know, but my father was like a contractor, and mm-hmm. he's he's a builder, right? So there was something he did, and then underneath it, so it was like this tree house up in the air on four legs, right? Mm-hmm. Out one out one door was the slide. Out the other door was the steps up and into it. Then off of one side was the swing set. And then under this house, like in between the four stilt legs, was mm-hmm. a sandbox. Mm. Yeah, it was legit. And that was the headquarters of the Rescue Rangers. I don't want to talk about the headquarters for my club that I have with my cousins. Was it a Rescue Rangers club? No, it was not. Not pertinent. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, we had this thing that we called Cousins Club. And my grandparents, so... We always did like Christmas and Thanksgiving at my grandparents' house for, mm-hmm. for a number of years, right? Until it, till it kind of switched over to other people. And they had a huge bathroom upstairs. <laughs> and that's where we played. Oh, okay. But they have like, it was like a four or five bedroom house. Right. But we played in this huge, because it was a pretty big bathroom. Mm-hmm. And we would um, use the shower curtain as like a, a theatrical curtain. And then some of us oh, would like do okay. plays in the bathtub. And we would dress up in my grandma's, my grandma and grandpa for years did um, square dancing. Mm -hmm. And square dancing skirts have like huge pinafore crinoline things. And we would wear those and play. Nice. In the bathtub. It's not as good as a clubhouse. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. I mean, it sounds kind of amateurish compared to the Rescue Rangers. 
Because well, we were detectives. It was cold. But you guys were, like, putting on plays, and that's yeah, nice, too. We weren't detectives. We weren't trying to help anybody. Um, my real memory of this, it's interesting, and we'll get into this when we talk about the actual content of the show, but I think it's interesting that this is a show you watch with your brothers, and this is a show that I watch with my brother, because my brother and I are four and a half years apart in age, and obviously different genders, Right. Mm-hmm. And but you guys, how how close is your second brother? I'm four and a half years older than, than him than and him. Then two years from the next one. Right. So the thing that is interesting to me about this show, and I kind of felt the same way about Muppet Babies and DuckTales. So we watched this on Saturday mornings. I know for a fact we did. I don't think that we watched it after school but we have different tv stations you guys got that lame canadian tv yeah we had canadian tv and at some point we're gonna watch some canadian cartoons Mm. but um yeah so but i i think it's interesting because this show and muppet babies we both agreed on and also ducktales but there were not many other shows that we both really liked Mm -hmm. and um and i really like this show commander mark Yes. Oh, we got to watch Commander Mark and talk about it sometime. We'll do that as a bonus. Yeah. Um, If you haven't seen Commander Mark, he's awesome. <laughs> but Tim and I really both like this show. And w- so we went to Disney World and he was like obsessed with Shippendale Rescue Rangers. And what you have to know, too, is that Tim was a runner. And so my parents had him on like a like one of those kitty leashes that it's like <laughs> kind of springs back and forth, but it attaches from your wrist to their wrist. Okay, so that, it wasn't like one of the harnesses. No, he didn't have a harness. It was just a wrist one so that he wouldn't, like, run off into the crowd, you okay. know? He was, like, a level one runner. He wasn't, like... He, no, did, he didn't need the full lockdown. I don't lockdown. think they had the harness at that okay. point. Um, so, at any rate, everywhere we went, there's all these characters, and he would, like... He was just like, I just want to see Chip and Dale. They're my favorite. And finally, finally, we found... Chip and Dale, and he just about pulled my mom's arm off. I thought that the band was going to break because he did run for it. And um, we were staying at a Disney campground, mm-hmm. and the campground, um, it's, I don't know if they still have it. It was super fun, though, because they'd have like camp stuff at night. And they had a thing of um, a marathon of Chip and Dale shorts. And the Chippendale characters came and then there was like marshmallow roasting marshmallows and stuff okay. around a campfire and things like that. It was really it was quite a good memory and, and just a lot of fun. But the show is interesting because I really other than remembering that I liked it, I remember nothing about this show. Mm. Like until I read you last week, the descriptions, I forgot that it was about detectives. Oh, OK. And the name implies What's well, also interesting is that they didn't do the actual rescuers. You would think that they would use the rescuers for the rescue rangers. They wanted Chip and Dale. Uh, they did, yeah. So let's get into the episodes. The first one. The first episode we watched was Pound of the Baskervilles. Yes. And that was interesting. It was obviously, you know, it's going to be a playoff of like a Sherlock Holmes thing, right? But it starts off with the rangers flying in their flying machine well it first starts off with the intro song right right which, and that's my first note okay, i still we'll talk, love well then, this song yeah and that's what i mentioned earlier it's a catchy it's such song. a catchy song it's a lot like um uh elvin and the chipmunks yeah yeah the 
so yeah, it, it had, I also put in my notes, really good quality animation. Yeah, it does have really good quality animation. And so it starts off with them flying in a storm. And while they're in their machine, Chip is reading the rest of the Rangers a mystery story about Sherlock Jones. Yes. And also, I put, I forgot how much this ship looks like a hot dog. It it's, looks it's like actually, the Oscar Mayer. If you look wiener. at it, it's actually because it's a because it's a it's a hot air balloon. Right. Right. So the hot air balloon kind of looks like a hot dog, but it's a bleach bottle that they've cut, oh. and it, you can see the end, the blue cap of the bleach bottle, and they've like cut it so that they can sit inside, and then you know because of course Gadget uses all these yes household items, which to them are huge, right? Yeah, and we talked about the actress also doing the voice of Chip. I didn't or. Er- of Dale. Yeah. I didn't recognize her from that, but as soon as Gidget talked, I was like, oh, that's Babs Bunny from um, Looney Tune. Okay. That, Tiny yeah. Tune Adventures. Okay. Yeah. Tess. Which is, is another show that I was obsessed with. Yeah. And that is, that's the same person. Uh huh. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. And I knew it immediately um, because I think that it's a very similar, the character voice is very similar. I also put, I forgot the other guy was an Aussie. Monterey Jack, Jack, yeah. Yeah. Um, So this, then we cut away, and there's a dog being hunted by a British person. Yes. And so it's interesting that we know right away that they're traveling around to different countries, right? Yes. Um, Yeah, but again, the animation, it it really, oh, it's so much better than what's out there today. I just want to say that. Like, this was just a show... This isn't even a movie, but it has, like, what I would consider today, like, movie-quality animation. Yeah, I thought it was fairly well... I mean, it, it's... it's. It, it, I would say it's pretty close to Disney movie-quality animation, right? Yep, and it, the voice of Chip is the same voice of the person... It sounded like the guy who does Alvin and the Chipmunks. I don't know if it's the same. I put a question mark by You that. mean Dale? No. Because Chip is a girl. Oh, the... Chip is voiced by the same person that does Gadget. Oh, I... I'm, yeah, Dale, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, um... <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. And so we see them all, obviously. We get, the, and this is our first, uh, this was our first episode watching. So you intro, you're automatically introduced to Chip Dale, Monterey Jack, Gidget, uh, Ga- uh, Gadget, and Zipper, Zipper the Fly. Yeah, and what I found hilarious, though, about the opening scene is that you're right. He is, he's just blase reading this book while this storm's going on, and he just does not care. No, he doesn't care. Then I'm also confused about how this works because the dog can talk, but the people in the story can't hear any of the animals talk. But sometimes they can. Like I don't get. I don't. They get can't it. hear. They can't hear any of the animals. Um. But the dog, obviously Chip and Dale and the Rangers are animals, so they can talk to the dog. Yeah, but I felt like. The one guy can understand what they're talking about. No, the dog does like... He just does like... Oh, he's oh, like oh, pantomime. Oh, oh, okay. You know? Um, and so, yeah. They he's cra- like, what? what's wrong, Lassie? Yeah, because it's in what's a that? storm. It's a yeah. dark and stormy night. It is. Right? They crash into this mansion mm-hmm. where this British guy, as you're talking about, is chasing this dog with a shotgun. Yeah, and it cuts back and forth between that action and then the rescue rangers. Until they they meet up shortly after yep. they crash with McDuff the dog. <laughs> the crime dog. Yeah, and McDuff <laughs> has sort of a British-y, Scottish accent. Yes. 
And it tells them that he tells them that he's looking for a will. So there's a manor house. There's two brothers. One has claimed that he should have this house and he's just been living there. Yeah. Lord Howe is the one chasing him. Mm -hmm. And then his brother, Roger, is Macduff's master. And he's been stuck like in the servants' quarters. Right. But the the dog believes that the will, if they could find the the secret will, it would say that Roger should be he should own the manor. And then the Lord of the Manor calls the law on the dog. Yeah, like the sheriff slash dog catcher. Yeah, which is is always funny to me when you have like somebody doing like multiple duties like that. Yeah. He's the sheriff, but also the local animal control. Um, and then they say, hey, we need to scare him. Yeah, we need to get like him off Like Sherlock there. Jones. Yes, yeah, so they create... They, they all kind of do it together, but you assume probably Gadget is a big part of this. Yeah. Because, um, you know, because she's like the brains behind it. But they come up with this, like, this whole plan where they basically fake being ghosts. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. What here's what I liked about this plot that we reviewed Scooby Doo mm-hmm. last season, and um, it is like what the villains would do in Scooby Doo, but here the heroes are doing it. Yes, and I think that's kind of a fun twist. Yep, and so they scare him enough to allow them to kind of search around, and they find a hidden room, mm-hmm. which was like the hidden study of the 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 dad who's passed away and that's when chip finds a bunch of stuff that he was writing and realizes that roger's dad is the author of sherlock jones yeah conan doily conan doily (laughs) um and also dale's standing on the will but then we have the, the 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 lord of the manor comes back in i forget his name lord howe lord howe Comes back in. And then we have, I put in my notes, just a lot of repetition. There's a chase scene. There's some hijinks. Speaking of Scooby-Doo. That's why. You have a chase scene. That's probably why my brain kind of turned off. And we know that you don't like chase scenes. I don't. Because it's just a lot of, like, it's hijinks, but it's a lot of repetition. It's them trying to keep the will away from him. Yes. And then him trying to get the will. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the two brothers are, confront each other, and then they have a fight between the two of them. Because Roger has basically, he's not allowed in the house. So mm-hmm. he's tried to send the dog in to go get the will. <laughs> That's yes. the premise. Because <laughs> the dog can find it. Right. I'm going to tell you, if we did that with our dog, she would just eat everything and never come back yeah yeah she'd come back when she was hungry yeah, but no she'd will come back if she was hungry and, unless the will was rolled in like sausage or something yeah that's yeah that's true get the will it's rolled in bacon um so that is basically the rescue rangers uh get the will and they they get it red yeah they get it to the sheriff basically the sheriff shows up and takes mcduff and locks him in the back of the sh- of the yeah. dog catcher bo- thing. It was so sad. And he's driving away in the truck, and the rangers do a quick like catapult 
mm-hmm. and Chip and Dale fly through the air with the will and land on the windshield and unroll it. Yeah. So the sheriff's staring at the will. And the will sheriff goes, Whoa? And realizes that the will does say that Roger is the lord of the manor, not Lord Howe. Right. And, and thankfully, Lord Howe caused his own demise because he's the one that called the sheriff to begin with. That's right. And had he never done that, it would have been probably fine. Yeah. If he just shot them all with shotgun, it would have been fine. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. This is kind of a dark cartoon. Yeah. Cartoons nowadays when it have people chasing people with shotguns and shooting and at trying them. to burn the will. Yeah. 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 This is this is this is a throwback to the the to the um Elmer Fudd days. It, it's like a cartoon version of uh the knives out movie we just watched. Right. The Glass Onion. Yes. Um so that was basically that's the end of episode, the episode the first episode. You know what I liked about it was it was actually a fairly good plot, especially for a cartoon. Yep. Right. We've talked about some cartoons are like oh they're trying to sell merchandise. There's not really heavy plot. This cartoon really, I mean, it was a mystery very similar to a Sherlockian type of mystery. Yeah. Right. You obviously you could tell that they're kind of t- you know tipping the hat at Sherlock Holmes here, mm-hmm. but. I mean, you're looking for a will, right? There's two brothers. Um, you know, one of their dad, you know, their dad had passed away. They're kind of fighting over who's supposed to be it. It was plausible besides just being animals doing things. Yeah, actually, you could if you if you saw this as like a murder she wrote episode. It would yeah, it would still be it a It would sta- still kind yes. of play. Having said that, the one thing I didn't like about it, you know, I mentioned Elvin and the Chipmunks, and I think that um, one of the things that we liked about Alvin and the Chipmunks, besides the songs, was that the the actual show was broken up into 15-minute episodes. Like, one episode mm-hmm. was two stories. Right. And I felt like that could have been done here. Because the, the, the hijinks of running around was, like, too much. Okay. For me, anyway. So the second episode that we watched... Chocolate Chips. Chocolate Chips. Was... Not about cookies. Like I it was <laughs> not about cookies. We start off once again with the Rangers, and the Rangers are on an Amazon safari vacation. Yes, and Dale is goofing around. Dale is trying to eat a lot of candy because apparently there's an ongoing thing in the Chippendales Rescue Rangers seasons mm-hmm. that Dale has like this chocolate addiction. Yeah. Okay. And Monterey Jack is always kind of disgusted by it. Like, I can't believe you lose control. But Monterey Jack has a cheese addiction (laughs) that's that's just as powerful as Dale's chocolate addiction. That's funny. So he's kind of a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Right? And here we see Dale's, like, eating most... And then he, like, tries to eat Chip's chocolate. Yeah. And so they're like, you need to, like, you need to go cold turkey, Dale. Yeah. It's like a little intervention. And then Gadget flirts with him. And she's like... Maybe maybe we could do something if you if you gave it up for our whole trip. I don't like that. That's weird. She's using her feminine wiles. <laughs> She's, to, yes. To, but now it's, we know it's why. to break an addiction, Megan. Now it's we know, for good. Now we know why the Russian has the Russians have a cult. That's right. <laughs> um yeah, so she kind of uses her feminine wiles and that it it's interesting cuz again, we get a little shot of the group before the real story gets into it. Yes. Right. So it's a little bit of like narrative exposition, kind of jokey humor mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and then we come into the Amazon where they're basically like they're on vacation. Yeah. They're 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 doing a safari vacation. But 
and they, Chip still wants a, a mystery. Yeah, because Chip always wants a mystery. Yeah. They and they so they run into some of the local animal life mm-hmm. who explain to them that the coca trees are going missing. Yeah. Um, and they don't know where they're all going. They disappear overnight, and they don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen. And this so, was actually a good mystery. The other the other one that we just talked about. You kind of know what's going to happen, right? That right. there's a brother, he's bad. There's another brother, he's good. But this is like legitimately, as an adult watching this, I was like, what is happening to these yeah. trees? And if you think you know, you don't You know. really don't? If you're like, oh, a developer's coming in, they're working at night. That's not even close. <laughs> That's not even close. Not even close. So Dale takes this opportunity as Chip and the other rangers are like, oh, a mystery. Dale takes this opportunity to sneak off and access his secret compartment of sweets. Yeah. That he has hidden. It's like his shame sweets. Listen, who hasn't been there? He's So he, yeah, <laughs> Dale sneaks off to shame eat chocolate. Dale, listen, I feel like we've all been there at some point. <laughs> so maybe some of us more than others. Maybe I have the same problem as Dale. Who's to say? Yeah. yeah. While he's gone... The rangers all get bitten by mosquitoes. Yes. While they're setting up camp. Now, you wouldn't think that this would be a big deal. You wouldn't think this is a big deal at all. But think about, in terms of scale, how big a chipmunk is compared to a mosquito. Yeah. Well, Zipper the Fly is like, he's like a quarter their size, Right. right? And the mosquitoes are not too far off from that. No. And so it doesn't seem to be a big deal until... They go to sleep that night, and Dale is woken up by the fact that the rest of them are all moving in a zombie-like trance, mm-hmm. and they're all going and digging up and transporting the coca trees. Yeah. So the mosquitoes have found a way to hypnotize yeah. and zombify the people that they bite. I don't know who came up with this plot line, but it's It's like, phenomenal. This is this this probably you could only have in the eighties on a TV show. I feel like this is one of those things that they're like, well, let's let's do something about the environment. Okay, there's this guy, yeah, and he's got mosquitoes. These mosquitoes have a special thing that they drink and they inject it into you when they bite yeah. you. <laughs> like it's like so, so ridiculous. So Dale, like us as viewers, is com- completely dumbfounded. He's like, what is going on? Right, right. He tries to wake them up. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right? So he follows all of, not only is it the re- the other rangers, but the other forest creatures. Yeah, and the tu- all the tourists. And the tourists of all, anybody that's been bitten by mosquitoes is now basically deforesting the forest, right? Right. They're tearing, they're, they're tearing down all of these uh, coca trees and transporting them. So he follows them. Yeah. And finds... That they're taking them to a secret location, replanting them. Uh-huh. And it's a place run by the mastermind, Henrik von Sugarbottom. Yeah, and that name He's is He's a German so chocolatier. Of course he is, yeah. Who needs the chocolate from the Amazon to make the best chocolate in yeah, the world. Yeah, so listen, this is a post-colonialist story. It's a German, well, a white German man coming into... South America, 
to take all the resources and make money off. The I mean, country. yeah. Well, I mean, well, we don't know that. Maybe he's, you know Steve. what? Maybe he's been here. Maybe his grandpa came here as a Nazi trying he to flee and run to South America. Still not better. Oh, you're right. Okay, I get that. And he has also a very German accent. That's Super. how we know. And he's, he's wearing leader hosen. Because how else would we know he was German? How else would we know? Besides the really bad accent. Oh my gosh. Um, and so he, and, and that's when we see him rounding up the mosquitoes and having them drink this like super like secret potion yeah. that he apparently found that belonged to the Aztecs. <laughs> Right? Because it's like an old Aztec temple. And it allows the mosquitoes to inject it into things when they bite them. And that's what puts them under. He he can beat on a drum and then all the zombie, zombified people, like, walk and follow his instruction. I just want to stress to people that this is racist on so many different different levels of racism there we have the german in the lederhosen we have the the people of the forest who are in south america and now we have the Aztec. like it's so it, it's so, again you can't it, you Megan, could not have this story Megan, today you let, couldn't let me ask you this you would have so is many it protests racist or is it inclusive inclusive but they're like what stereotypes can we shove into this episode german leader hosen crazy aztec mysticism megan but this is this is because it's strong writing okay follow me on this you only have 22 minutes without commercials to tell this very intriguing deep story (laughs) okay so they need to rely on stereotypes so they don't have 20 minutes to explain who henrik von sugarbottom is you need to know he's a german chocolatier from the moment you see him and i think that they did phenomenal in that and here's the thing i'm just gonna be honest I wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna reveal this but it is around this point that i fell asleep now that was not (laughs) that was not due to any part of the rescue rangers i was really not feeling well and i was quite exhausted but um so now i'm gonna make up the ending and you don't know what it is what's hilarious is that i fully intended on going back and watching the end again and because of our recording schedule i just didn't have time to do that Um, so you have to tell me from this point so what, how it this ends. leads into, and you probably missed the greatest part of this show, this this episode. This leads into the chase scene. Oh, oh, that's probably where all the zombies. No, that's where I fell asleep. The zombified rangers are chasing Dale and the oh. mosquitoes to try to get him because they realize he's not with them. Right? Dale is able to outmaneuver them, and then he tackles Chip. Uh-huh. And they fall off. They fall off like this little cliff. Uh huh. And when he, when Chip hits the bottom, it jolts him out of the zombified. Oh, okay. Thing. And so then Chip and Dale end up having to kind of like they're trying to outsmart the, their their friends, the other Rangers, without hurting them because they're coming after gotcha. them. And what they end up doing is they end up breaking the drum so that he can't play his tune. It's almost a Pied Piper scenario. Yeah, if I'm if I'm wrong, isn't it also like isn't that one of the plots of Weekend at Bernie's? Either one or two. Doesn't he get in the first one? 
We're just carrying him around. Just carrying him around. But I think the second one, it's like. <laughs> I never watched the second one, Megan. <laughs> I think the second one is like a voodoo curse, and I think that they play the drums and he like that's possible dances to the music or something. That's possible. So so they're they're beating. So they they break the drum. They break the drum, which then Henrik von Sugarbottom gets angry and upset at his mosquitoes because he's like how can't you stop them what's wrong with you and then they get mad and turn on him oh and so they end up biting henrik von sugarbottom when the drum is broken everybody snaps out of the zombification mm. so then they they're kind of they kind of explain what happened and then it cuts away and then it's like two or three days later and they're back where they were originally and they're packed up to leave right mm-hmm. and one of the forest animals is beating the drum, which they fixed, and mm-hmm. Henrik von Sugarbottom is zombified, and he's replanting all the trees that he took. So karma happened. But, and he's dancing, walking. About, it's about, almost like a conga line walk as yeah, he's putting I think these that trees that's back. That's what they do at Weekend yeah, of Bernie's. It, it was interesting. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm sort of sad that I missed it, but kind of not. So what are your final thoughts? Uh, you know, I kind of enjoyed this one, too. It was very different than the other one we saw. But yeah. it was still, it was still, I mean, that we just told you that what the plot was. That's a lot to go on in a 22-minute cartoon. Yeah, that's true. You know, it was not something that was slow, even with the chase scene. Um, because you really had a lot to figure out during all that stuff. And again, I have to, I have to give it to him. And t- I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah. You know, with the mosquitoes and with the, and then, and then Henrik von Sugarbottom caught me completely off guard. Right. <laughs> and then the Aztecs, um, it was interesting, but yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I thought it was good. And again, the animation was very, was very well done. The, I think one of the reasons that I, I liked this show, even though, like I said, and you as well, that our brothers were, like, way younger than us, right? So, I think, and now you don't think of it that way, but you did back then. Uh-huh. Like, I'm 10, my brother's 6. But I, this is one of those shows that, for me, it does have somewhat of an appeal for adults. Like, it's a Disney show, and it's a cartoon, but it didn't annoy me. Like, when we watched, if you haven't listened to our Strawberry Shortcake episode, it was one of our very early ones, and we kind of didn't have our format set, but Strawberry Shortcake is meant for only children under five. Yeah. Right? And um, kind of like when we watched Alvin, and and even like G.I. Joe is really meant for like boys ages like eight to ten. Right. Right. But this is, has a little bit more universal appeal. I think that that's one of the reasons that these characters have endured since 1943. You know, we didn't watch or talk about there has been a reboot, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this show. Um, I, I'd be willing to watch the reboot as well. Well, they had a film that came out last year. Oh, it was a film? Yeah, Chip okay. and Dale Rescue Rangers, the film. Um, and it was live action, and then they were... Uh, it was anime. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was some kind of... Yeah. But, um, but I just really... I the, the older style of traditional animation, I enjoyed. I thought that it was really nicely done. Mm-hmm. I think that each character is really delineated in a cool way. Mm-hmm. And it did have a lot of... Like you said, it... Some the first episode kind of dragged. The second one didn't. I did fall asleep, but that again had nothing to do with the show, and it was only like the last two three minutes of it. But um, well, that rolls us into a response. Yeah, 
because you were just kind of talking about animation and things. Uh-huh. Um, there's a few places that this has come up as far as critical response. Um, Hal Erickson, who wrote a book called Television Cartoon Shows and Illustrated Encyclopedia, compared the show to DuckTales because they were both produced around the same time. Yeah. Stating that it that kind of like DuckTales, this show was consummately produced and written. And he said that its animation succeeded in putting most other overseas outputs to shame. Remember, this was a time of the... This is 89 now. The 80s was basically overrun by animation from Japan, yeah. from overseas, from... Right? And so he's like, this outdid all those. Yeah, you can tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, Common Sense Media rated a four out of five stars mm-hmm. and complimented the depiction of positive messages, cited teamwork, and saying the series succeeds to depict a female character as a role model. Yeah. And even a cult in the Russia, cult as we character. talked about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, in January of 2009, IGN named Chippendale Rescue Rangers the 60th best uh, animated TV show in its top 100. Okay. So 60th is pretty good. Um, BuzzFeed ranked Chippendale's Rescue Rangers fourth in their best cartoons from the 80s list. Now I have a bit of a a thing to pull on this. Because if you started in September of 89 and went for three seasons, to me it's a 90s cartoon. Yeah, it's kind of okay. But I can see where if he wanted to push it in there. Um, Also, now this is a little bit more of a thing... Chippendale's Rescue Ranger was nominated for a Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Animated Program. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, that's what we thought of it. That's what the critics thought. What is your final rating out of 10 acorns? acorns? Hmm, that's good. Well, I'm going to say, I mean, I've kind of said all I have to say about it to defend my ranking. Okay. Um, You know, I... I did like it. Um, I don't think that it... I think it ages well. I don't think there's anything in it that I was just like, you know, uh, this has ruined my childhood. Like, that's... Yeah. You know, it, it's nothing that that doesn't... That, I, it's not dated, I guess is a good way to say it. Right? These stories were all stories that they could be in a cartoon today and it wouldn't make any difference, really. I mean, other maybe than the Aztec stuff and the German stuff, but yeah. But still, Outside same of that, point, yeah, 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 yeah. And so... Definitely. I would almost say that they should be in today because it was still childhood stuff, and I really think it was interesting. Um, and so I'm going to give it an eight. You and I are on the same page this time. That's wow. interesting. Yeah, I really. I don't remember. Were we on the same page last time for Princess Bride? Yeah, but Princess Bride is great. Yeah, so we're starting <laughs> off on a pretty good spot this for is, season two. I'm going to say we're probably not going to agree on Columbus. I don't know. We'll see. We don't know yet. Yeah, no, I was going to give it an 8 as well. I think that it uh, everything you said I agree with. Uh, it's not my favorite, favorite show, but I do think that it holds up fairly well. And I think that um, for some of the kids we know, if you said, hey, there's a new show and showed them this, they, I don't think that you can tell. It doesn't like, Mm-mm. it's not like when you watch Elf and you're like, right. that's 1980s. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. So... Eight out of ten acorns. Eight out of ten acorns for... And two and a half acorns for Chicka Stick. And now is my favorite part of the show. What is Steve willing to watch? Oh, boy. 
So, Steve, this is uh, Columbo was on Peacock. Yes. And I'm not going to redo the whole description of the shows because sometimes in the full description, they tell you who did it. Yeah, I don't want to know that. (laughs) And I don't want to know that and neither do our listeners. So Columbo ran for 10 seasons. Yes. Um, And because of that, I thought we could pick something from early and something from late. Sounds like a plan. So I chose episode five from season one okay called lady in waiting and i chose it because this is the picture that they're using to advertise this episode it's got leslie nielsen in it it's got leslie nielsen in it that's a phenomenal so i was like done and done we're definitely choosing that one um i don't know by the way i have to say i know that colombo had movies i'm not sure from looking at this on peacock if all the episodes are here or not, because every season has like six to eight, sometimes three, sometimes five episodes. So I don't know if some of them are movies and they're all like an hour seven to like an hour 45. So I'm guessing that they might've been movies. Maybe we'll figure that out in the research. We might. So, um, I just chose season seven for you. So we have one early one earlier one and one later one. Uh, and I, I'm going to read you, the it's not necessarily who did it but it's up the profession and description of the person featured in the episode so it could be the person coming to him it could be the person who dies it could be okay okay uh a mystery writer looking for revenge after her niece's death okay uh episode two a food critic blackmailing restaurateurs okay episode three a TV network executive whose lover is her boss. <laughs> okay. Episode four, a psychologist who uses mind control. <laughs> I got to stop you there. I have to go with the psychologist <laughs> okay. who uses mind control. The last one was an arm smuggler no. with Irish wit and charm. All right. So, I didn't know if Irish wit and charm as so, it is. So I, <laughs> aw, um, so I picked season one, episode five, and you picked season seven, episode four, how to dial a murder, which I'm guessing is a play on dial M for murder. Right. Okay. So, interesting. Should be kind of interesting. We're going with a detective theme. And then on uh, next time is what is Steve willing to watch? I have a couple um, 80s detective movies because the one we wanted, we cannot find. True. So, um, so that's all for today. That's it. Episode two. Season two is a wrap. That's a, that's a wrap, folks. Um, we also, so coming up, we have Columbo, as we said. Yep. Then we're going to have a movie of Steve's choice this time, because Princess Bride was my choice. Yep. And then uh, we also have on our Patreon page a bonus episode uh, for Valentine's Day. We do. Aw. That's for those those of you who want to help support our phenomenal podcast um, and really just help us go in since none of the candies want to be sponsored. Well, we haven't asked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Um, the links to listen are all on our website, www.stopruinningmychildhood.com. And you can find the link to our Patreon page there as well. So that's it for us. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. See you later.